This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 692 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning show, episode number 491. Michelle, Dr. Jones, and the Horses in the Morning gang discuss the facts and myths about those bumpy growths we've all seen on horses' hides. Sarcoids. But first, let's hear from EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. Hi, Glenn, and happy fall. Since it's the autumn season, I wanted to feature our new waterproof turnout sheet. It's called the Centaur Don't Shoot Waterproof Turnout Sheet. And the reason it's called that is because it is blaze orange. It is as bright an orange as you could imagine. It also has reflective strips on it. So that if you're in a place where your horse is in a pasture and you're the least bit worried about hunters, you slap this thing on them and they will not mistake your horse for a deer. It's only fifty four ninety five, so it's well with it it's below sixty dollars. And it's only 420D, so it's not designed for a D meaning denier. It's not designed for, um, you know, rough, uh, being rough out there in the fields. But what it is designed for is for visibility. I have a lot of customers who are concerned about that these days, and this is our answer to that. It is a waterproof turnout. It's waterproof, breathable, and it's got the reflecting strips, so it's good to see day and night. It has a double front closure. It has the um, the gearings for the uh, leg straps, but the leg straps don't come with it, so that's no problem. Most all of us have extra leg straps around, or you can order them from us as well. It also has front leg arches, so it fits really well. It's a Centaur product, which is a well-established vendor that we sell a lot of. This is just the first time they've gone into the protective environment, and I think it's a great idea for fall. It is very bright. We used to have that problem in Pennsylvania where we lived. Uh, there were hunters all around our farm. So I love this product. It's available in all the usual sizes from 63 through 87, so your bigger horses as well. You can find it at equestriancollections.com. And Equestrian Collections also has a bunch of reflective stuff for humans as well. You can find that at (laughs) equestriancollections.com. Now, I have to tell you, Michelle, when I saw what the topic was going to be today, I said, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. I'll just look it up. I don't know what it is. I'll just look it up. And then I was really sorry I did. So thanks a lot. Appreciate this. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, they're gross, but they're not that gross, Glenn. Um, yeah, you know, but what, they aren't, what, they aren't what Dr. Or... Jones is going to tell us that they do to them is probably really gross. And you know, Dr. Jones. Yeah, oh, that's she's true. On here. Oh, she's on here. Sorry. Hi, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> We'll stop talking about you now. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so we're going to be talking about sarcoids today. Um, And sarcoids are unpleasant uh, to look at. They they are not 
beauty marks by any means. So, uh, Dr. Jones, can you tell us a little bit about what a sarcoid is? What are we looking at? Well, they're a benign tumor. How's that? That's a a positive note to the whole thing is they're benign. They are not going to cause the demise of a horse um, when you see it. It's a wart. It's a nodule. It's a roughened hair, eczema. I mean, it comes in six different forms. So you can't just say that's a sarcoid and that's what they all look like. They come in many different forms. But the big plus is is that they're a fibroblastic piece of material. That's a big fancy word to say that they have a lot of elasticity to them and they have a bunch of extra tissue you don't really need in that area, so they make this lump. And they don't cause the death of the animal, but they do cause unsightly skin lesions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you mentioned warts. And, you know, when I think of wart, I think of, like, a planter's wart on my toe, which would be very small. Uh, how large are these? Oh, when I, when I think of warts, I think about the wart at the end of the witch's nose. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has a warped, thing, a warped idea, yeah. I'm sure, of warts. But, um, yeah, there's, well, since there's six different types, there's something called an occult. There's a varicose. There is a... Uh, nodular, there is um, a mix of uh, sarcoids, uh, fibroblastic, um, just trying to remember all these off the top of my head. Um, the occult is the most common, and what we see as veterinarians, you see them on the face and the neck and in the groin areas, the common areas you'll see most of these um, lesions come up. They can be, start up as the planter's ward on your foot, but they can be as large as your fist. And the reason I say as large as your fist is you're going to look at it and you're going to see this nodule that's probably the size of a um, gumball would be my best example, and that's pretty big. But you don't realize all the hair around that gumball is in a flaky, um, thickened fashion, like elephant skin almost, that when a veterinarian goes to cut that gumball off, they realize they have to take a larger chunk of skin off. So... You know, what you see on the surface, it's kind of like the iceberg effect. There's more underneath, but it's not actually underneath. It spreads out. So when we'll cut some of these off, send them in to have them evaluated to make sure it is just a sarcoid, they'll look at it and they'll say, did not get clean margins, which is what all oncologists in the human world want to hear is, yes, you did get clean margins, not that you didn't, because that means you got to normal tissue and you cut all the bad tissue away. Mm -hmm. Did I explain that well enough, I hope? Yeah, that that makes sense to me. And with these, though, you know, why do our horses get them? Well, there's these? theories. <laughs> <laughs> there's no... They are they're mysterious little things, right? Yeah, well, little things. They're big things. They're they're kind of mysterious. Yeah, there's no hard and fast rule on these. Um, we think that they arise from a virus, and uh, believe it or not, a bovine virus is the, to be the most common culprit that we find on a lot of the tissues and they don't have sorry they don't have a vaccine for that virus and it seems that some horses are a bit more prone to it It could be the fact that their immune system is not the best and they tend to get more sarcoids or many of them at one time the old phrase and it is a very true phrase is that once you disturb one such as cutting it off you may prompt more to prop crop up um okay or you may crop it back up in the same spot I have a question. So we have all these different types of sarcoids. Yeah. And we have a virus 
frequently at, as the root cause. So is it more accurately described as a wart, which I'm assuming is a virus-caused thing, or a tumor, which is caused by um, a cancer? Is it more accurately one or the other, or can it be either or, depending on which type of sarcoid it is? Well, it's a, it's a tumor. It's classified as a tumor. It's a skin tumor. But okay. whenever everybody hears the word cancer, they think death. And there's, yeah. Yeah, there's non-malignant and malignant cancers. So it's an excessive acceleration of a certain type of cell, which is what cancer is. It, it reproduces itself very quickly. And, of course, it doesn't make their necks longer because it's skin. It lumps up and makes a, a mass. Depending on where it's located on the horse, a lot of times you can claim what kind of sarcoid it is and, of course, what it looks like. Like the nodules, nodular ones, they're nodular. They look like, they look like little beads under the skin. Yeah. And those are... And- Commonly found in the groin area um, on See, the outside okay. of the thigh. Still, uh, I was still cringing from when you said that the first time. Yeah, the they're nodules on the inside of the groin area. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to groin again. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying groin. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I notice you've been repeating it over and over again for my benefit? Hey, yeah. Can I uh, ask you a question, Dr. Jones, on a serious note here? Yeah. Why does anybody become a vet? It's just gross. <laughs> There's many reasons to become a vet. It's not gross. <laughs> I actually get very excited about treating a patient and making them go home healthy or be at home healthy. That's that's a big reason I, to be a vet. Uh, and, no, I and, we're, and, sarc- and we're glad that Dr. Jones went to her uh, her many, many years of school <laughs> so that she can take care of this stuff for us. <laughs> but I've got uh, many clients like you, Glenn, that have to look away or be on the opposite side of the horse yeah. when we're taking something off. Off or sewing something up or yeah, I, yeah, and I have to say, like I'm fascinated. I get in there and I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, a lot on. of people do. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so you mentioned that these are benign, so malignant would be invasive and cause demise of the animal, meaning that it would get into vital organs or vital areas, including blood vessels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are just. It's nice to say, like a word on a person, it's just uh, aesthetically non-pleasing. You don't want to see them. The bad thing is the fibroblastic ones, preferably, or especially in the varicose ones also, they have like a uh, really roughened surface to them, and the horse may rub it and scratch that area and break it open and cause a sore. I've already had two or three um, in my practice time, not very many, that become summer sores on top of the sarcoid. So you treat it for a sarcoid, meaning you'll use, use a topical cream or an injection, you don't take it off, and it doesn't get better, and you can't figure out why it's not get better, and then you finally take a biopsy of it and realize there's actually a little parasite living in there from the summer sore. Okay, so, so that's you have a dual. <laughs> yeah, you have a dual effect now. You've got two different types of yeah. of uh, items that you're treating, <laughs> two different oh. skin lesions you're treating. You're, you're trying to treat the summer sore, and you're trying to treat the sarcoid. So it can get a little bit hairy at that time. But um, but yeah, the nodule or the fibroblastic ones or the varicose ones are the ones that get um, sores on the tops of them and can get bloody and raw. So sarcoids are something that, especially around show horses, you kind of hear whispering, and it's very like, oh, did you hear that horse had a sarcoid? (laughs) You know, um, so why are owners so um, nervous about having one of these show up on their horses? 
again, aesthetically non-pleasing. You don't want to have this open wound mass on the neck or the face of your horse when you're going into show ring. That's the big thing, or even on the, on the leg itself. The nodular ones in, inside the groins, a lot of people live with those and don't do anything about those. They just have these, looks like a bunch of little beads or um, uh, marbles underneath their skin. And as long as they don't get too large and, and, and invade the area of movement of the leg, they're, they're, they can live with them, and they're fine. Okay. Um, but the ones that are on the nose or uh, eyelid, um, neck area of a horse, those are very, very aesthetically non-pleasing. I actually had a pony that had its face connected to a sarcoid. The sarcoid was so large. Oh, it man. It was bloody, raw. They had to change the fly mask twice a day because it would mm. ooze onto the fly mask, and the flies would be, like, packed on the outside of the fly mask. Mm. Disgusting. Um, believe it or not, that one also had one on the tip of the ear and got one on the rear end uh, between the thigh area. I treated the one in the lower eye and the one on the ear. The one between the thighs showed up midway through treatments, and what we used was a vaccine that we inject in, and I know you're getting into treatments. And now that horse has been in my practice. He came to my practice with the sarcoid, and that's how I met this horse. He's been in my practice, I want to say, over 12 years now, and he has not had a single sarcoid since that incident. So I don't know if that little injection vaccine is also vaccinated against future sarcoids, but it's a possibility that that might have been what was going on with him not showing up with any more sarcoids. The other thing, too, is usually over 15 years of age, they kind of grow out of it, too. Now, I can't say oh, that if you've got 15 on the inside of your horse's thigh, when they turn 15 years old plus a day, they're all going to vanish. But you may not get any more new ones after that. That's because when so, you turn 15, there's 100 other things that start to come into play. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> are you doing gloom today? What's going on? <laughs> so what are our treatment options on these? You mentioned if, they are, if they're kind of non-invasive, you know, to, they can be left alone, or non-invasive as in not in, you know, on the face or somewhere where it's going to interfere with tack. Um, what do you do with them if you need to get rid of them? There's a lot of different things we can do. Um, you can cut them off, which a lot of times you do because you want to make sure that that is the tumor. Let's say it's on the end of a nose, and the nose has a little bit of pink skin to it. You want to make sure it's not squamous cell carcinoma, which is thing that could cause the demise of the horse because they're very invasive and aggressive um, tumors. So excising, taking some of it off um, and to a lab to have it, looked at to see if it's definitely not squamous or that it was just a sarcoid. When you excise those, you can add to that cryosurgery, which is liquid nitrogen, um, to um, freeze the area. Now you can do that all by itself as another uh, therapy and just freeze the lesions. Um, the immunotherapy, which is the one I was talking about, injecting um, basically it's a, a live virus or live vaccine underneath and into the... Um, the uh, sarcoid itself is another um, possibility. And at one point, I know I was having a hard time finding the product um, because it's not commonly made. It's a, more of a human product, and it's quite costly. They have um, some anti-cancer-type uh, um, injections and beads that you could cut and, and implant a bead or implant um, uh, the injection into the uh, area of the sarcoid, and then that would also uh, shrink it. And um, I've heard of many creams that are on the market. 
um, that people have used, and some of them have been uh, successful. I can't say all of them are successful, the topical creams you put on every day. One of them I did see made a deep well or hole in the horse's leg, and uh, it took a while for that horse to get over. It was very painful. So I'm not a huge fan of the creams, but it's a relatively inexpensive and non-veterinarian way to do it. You still have to get those creams through a veterinarian, but um, that's another option. So one of the things uh, that I hear, you know, around the barns, I have people saying, you know, if I get it removed, it's just going to come back bigger than before. Is that a concern? Yeah, it can. It can. And, of course, if you're, again, closer to the upper age, I can't say, you know, 15 years and a day. It could be 16 years. It could be 14 years, but 15 is the average, that um, you may go ahead and take one off and then never see one again after that. And it could have been just the fact that, its immune system was able to not make any more. Um, then again, at 15, you might take one off, and another one will come right back up in that same in that same place. Yeah. And so if you have it removed, is that something that your regular vet can do, or do you have to go, is it a major surgery? Well, A, it would depend on size, and B, where it's located. Um, I would say if you were going to excise or surgically take off the one on the eyelid, I'd probably want to lay them down in a referral surgical place with um, gas anesthesia rather than injectable anesthesia so they could take their time in removing what they need to remove um, in order to sew that eyelid back together so it's a functional eyelid. Uh, Again, I had one on the neck that was behind the ear right up almost where the halter goes uh, above the throat latch, and it was two nodules. This is the one that had the summer source with it. And I was treating the nodules, but it had an area... Um, I would say between six and eight inches in diameter. That was all that flaky skin, occult area, occult um, uh, occult, uh, sarcoid is what they call it. It's flaky skin. It's roughened. It's thickened like elephant skin. And then it had these two nodules on it. And I told the client I was injecting with the immunotherapy on the two nodules. It wasn't getting better. It wasn't getting better. We took a sample, found out it had a summer sore. And so we started treating the summer sore. By this time, the, the client was getting a little antsy. And I said, I referred him to a referral hospital. I said, this area is too large for me to resect in the field or cut out and try to bring that neck skin together. And we all know the neck skin on a horse is very taut. There's not a lot of extra loose skin there to drag it up. Like in a dog, you got a lot of extra skin you could drag up or back. So mm-hmm. that I sent off to a surgeon to have them work with and try to get the majority of it off for them. Yeah. Can I vote down- for... Uh- can I vote for sending uh, for anesthesia for the groin area, too? Can I just put in my vote? <laughs> Absolutely, Glenn. You can put Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I usually just use cryotherapy, you know, liquid nitrogen in that area. Oh, great, great, great. <laughs> Do a little freezing. <laughs> so, so with these sarcoids, I mean, it's, it's not really a straightforward condition to treat. No, I mean, most of them, a lot of experienced veterinarians will look at it and say, oh, yeah, it's a sarcoid. Or they'll look at it and say, most likely a sarcoid. Mm-hmm. But um, they're, they're pretty well known because they're left to the face and the neck, inside the groin area, limbs. Um, some can be in the girth area. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's, they're, they're common in the way they look, but it's always good, like I said, to get a diagnosis. Like the summer sore one, I couldn't believe it wasn't getting better. Well, it's because it had a 
hebronymiasis larvae living in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and then the yeah. one on the end of the nose that I've had, uh, we took a biopsy. I told her, I said, let's take a biopsy first, and it came back squamous. It, I mean, it's small enough and looked like a sarcoid, but I was very suspicious of squamous, and it came back as squamous, um, which is the uh, cancer, uh, skin cancer that can be invasive. Yeah. Now, the, one of the horses that I've known that has had a sarcoid, it was in the girth area that you just mentioned, and that was extremely frustrating for the owner because they couldn't ride. They would right. treat. You know, you can't, other than riding bareback, um, they, they couldn't ride her. So uh, very challenging, and it came back. So, Right. Yeah. And, you know, the, yeah. the ones behind the ears, I'll have to put my two cents in because we're seeing a lot of it with this uh, warm winter and then now this warm and wet summer here in Florida especially, and I know it's um, all throughout the United States by the articles I'm seeing, is the fly bite allergies. They'll rub behind the ears and they'll get this flaky, thickened skin, elephant skin area. They'll lose some of their hair. It looks just like what we call the occult sar- sarcoid. Mm-hmm. And so you really got to know what you're, you're treating there first before you get, you know, uh, crazy on your treatments. So are the occult ones kind of the ones that are kind of flat and raised with the scaly skin? Yes. You got it. You got it. And uh, I'm not sure if you guys have a great, I wish I had, you know, pictures of each one, but unfortunately a lot of times they don't see the veterinarian until they're really disgusting, and I know that would really probably gross out Glenn, and I could probably put the cryotherapy of the nose one on Glenn's uh, website or Uh, help him out there. But (laughs) they're not all yucky. They're not all yucky, but sometimes by the time I get them, the clients have tried every over-the-counter product for skin, issue now, they can and then it's gotten to a point of being very ugly and gross the the little bit of experience i've had with sarcoids i've had probably either in my care or owned half a dozen horses over the years that have the kind of sarcoid that never turns into anything more than what looks like a little wart gets to be about the size of a duck kind of has flaky skin attached and bugs love to chew on it and that's all it ever did you know yep. you, you make sure that it's it's protected from insect invasion and that was pretty much the extent of it. They never went anywhere. Some of the horses, they disappeared. Some horses, they'd spread and then go away and then spread again. Um, mm-hmm. So they were really pretty innocuous in the greater scheme of things. And I did have one horse, however, that uh, when he came into my care, um, he was purchased as a school horse, had a sore on the, on the top of his croup, right on the very point of his croup that we assumed was just a, a, um, an injury that was having trouble healing because it was kind of pussy. Oh, it's mm-hmm. just infected. We'll get it all cleaned up and put some, and we just assumed it was um, proud flesh on there and came to find out uh, a few weeks later and things weren't getting better and the vet come out to look at it, who had a lot of experience with sarcoids. He said, mm, I think we got something more serious here. But by the time we came up with a treatment plan, that lump, which was free of any hide at all, it was open to the world but looked like proud flesh, was about the size of a tennis ball. Yeah, when they and open it, up and ulcerate, they seem to go faster. Yes, it was really foul and disgusting. And we ended up um, cutting it out, incising it, which left a Ooh. giant hole in the point of his croup. Yep. Because yep. there's obviously no skin to pull across that. Right. And then they sent it off to be tested, and I don't remember exactly what designation they gave it. And they said, well, yeah, it's a good thing we took this out. It wasn't going to take care of itself. But right. we did end up using the... Um, topical treatment that is made for papillomavirus mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. which it was, it was a slow, laborious process, and apparently this, this yeah. topical ointment also um, makes the skin sensitive. It hurts after a while, like a burn, and yeah. that wasn't a lot of fun having to put this stuff on the horse's bum 
which means I was I was right in that target area of hind hooves twice a day for about right. three months. It was right. really not a lot of fun for the horse or myself, but we had a, a successful outcome. He ended up with a giant scar up there, but the sarcoid didn't come back. Right, right, exactly. And now, Jennifer, that you and Glenn have moved down here to wonderful Florida, <laughs> one of the rule-outs, like you said, oh, I thought it was just a bad wound with a lot of proud flesh. That's, you know, that we put that down as one of the rule-outs when we see these sarcoids when they're that bad, because a lot of times veterinarians don't see them until they're that bad. Mm-hmm. The other thing, you know, is the summer sore, like I t- talked about. The other thing here in Florida we think about is pythiosis. What's that? No, Glenn needs to Google that one. That's P-Y-T-H-I-O-S-I-S. They I'll get right Florida, on that. Okay. They call it Florida leeches. Oh. Yeah. Swamp cancer. Yeah. I've seen numerous cases where it basically took over almost the entire horse. It's, it's very invasive, hard to treat. Um, some horses do um, pass from it, but it is basically an open wound. The horse has gotten into standing water like a pond or a lake, and they'll have a fungal element to it. Very ugly. Oh, fungi- Very ugly. Yeah. You need to Google it, Glenn. You need to check that. No, one. I'm, I'm, I think I'll pass. I've had enough for one day. <laughs> well, and I, <laughs> so I have, you can talk about it, uh, Jennifer. You know, just bring bring up those pictures and say this is what you need to watch out for, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question, Doctor Jones. Um, so you mentioned that there's some thought that maybe this is related to a bovine uh, papillomavirus. virus. Yeah. Um, do, do cows have sarcoids? Well, they have papillomavirus lesions, so they don't call them sarcoid, but they call them papillomavirus lesions. But they do have, um, like uh, Jennifer explained, a product for it, so they can try to treat and take care of it. But a lot of, hor- a lot of um, bovine don't live, except for the cows, don't live long enough mm-hmm. to really, in some of the high-end bulls, yeah. long enough to really investigate and... <laughs> long-term treatment isn't really an option yeah. for a beef cow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, well, we do on horse.com, we have a slideshow. It's a skin condition slideshow that does have a picture of a pretty nasty sarcoid, if everyone wants to take a look at that. It's at thehorse.com uh, slash uh, skin condition slideshow. We're also putting that up on Facebook if people want to flip through that. There's some other kind of icky skin conditions in that slideshow for everyone to check out. So thank you, Dr. Jones, um, and thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) Well, there you go. To listen to more of the Horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang putting in their two cents on on horse health topics, tune in to Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com. For your weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information, you can also go to thehorse.com where you will find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they're the ones making these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you by equestriancollections.com. Just like Horse Tip Daily brings the whole world of equine knowledge to you, Equestrian Collections brings the whole world of equine online shopping to you. Check them out today at equestriancollections.com. And while you're there, tell them Coach Jen sent you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. 
I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.